Hello, and welcome back to the FMV Sequence, a podcast that explores movie adaptations of video games, and if they're good or bad. I'm one of your hosts, and your favorite shinobi, Ashley Jones. And who's joining me today? Co-host Jordan Pritchard, the inventor of jiggle physics. And producer Ben Anderson. And I am so glad I didn't watch this back when I was a kid, because I feel like this movie would have made my dad give me the talk. Alrighty, folks, let's put up your dukes and get down to it. We're talking about Dead or Alive. Released in 1996 by publisher Temco in Japan, DOA, or Dead on Arrival, is a fighting game where competitors from all across the globe compete in the Dead or Alive World Combat Championship for a huge cash prize. There's more to it than that. The games get more nuanced, but that's the basic gist. It's a fighting game. Um, Basing their luck on the success of Sega's Virtua Fighter, DOA mimics the game's quick action fighting style while adding some unique, mostly provocative ideas of their own. Um, even with the first game's staggered release, first in arcades in 1996 and Sega's and a Sega Saturn port in 1997, the game was a smash success, earning $9.2 million in its first year and saving Temco from bankruptcy. Uh, the series has spawned many sequels, and most importantly, in 2006, the world was blessed with a movie adaption of the exact same name. Shocker. Directed by Corey Yuen. Is that how you pronounce the name? Yuen? I think so. All right, cool. The movie essentially follows the plot of the first game, based around four female contestants in the DOA World World Combat... I fucking... Such a stupid name. Dead or Alive World Combat Championship. That come that where they need to come together to stop the mastermind behind the tournament from using evil tech to steal their skills. Um, there's a better way to phrase that, but that's basically what it is. Um, the film got its teeth kicked in, barely earning only four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the three weeks it was in theaters before it was eventually pulled. Um, and internationally, only made around seven million dollars, so not great. Um, I couldn't find um, the production cost of this movie, but I'm assuming it was more than $7 million. Um, The movie was also ripped apart by critics, too, with many highbrow um, critics complaining of no substance while calling out the hypersexuality of the movie, which is really saying something for the early 2000s. But anyways, uh, that's pretty much all we need for now, so let's just jump into it. So, Ashley, you voiced that you had some uh, thoughts about this. I'm very interested in your thoughts. Also, I wanted to ask you something. You oh. watched this at work, correct? Correct. <laughs> How did you not get called into HR for this thing just on your screen with somebody walking behind you? Like, <laughs> thing is that I work on a weekend, so there's not HR there. Okay. Um, also, HR is a joke. <laughs> all right, for an hour. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I want to first complain. I think I need to get the complaining out of the way first. Yeah. Um, I actually fell in love and then out of love with this movie a couple times as I was going through. Because I was like, this is very cheesy, like, fighting movie, whatever. It's fine. You know, I can get into that and I can enjoy that. And then the beach volleyball scene went on for at least five minutes, which is a very long time. Um, for no reason. Because they weren't. it wasn't for anything other than just to do beach volleyball. Well, that's not true. It's uh, an homage to the, the spin-off extreme, game. Yeah, the extreme beach volleyball game. Yeah. yeah, which also has own issues. Right. But I don't want to say that there are there's nothing wrong with like the franchise, but to to get a little bit deeper into like what the um, main games were, 
around the time that it was trying to be uh you know make its name for itself it was very difficult because you have street fighter 2 which is dominating the arcades because it is an amazing fighting game because of its technical aspects you have mortal kombat dominating arcades not because of its technicality but because of its content so you have you know good gameplay from one game you have violence from another well they thought the best way to tap into the market is the old sex drive movies and that is the whole lots of movies um this movie the reason that i thought this would be a fun one to do i wonder why um (laughs) (laughs) because i i bought this book um lights camera game over how video game movies get made by luke owen and you should write that this this whole book is basically what this podcast is about except um you know they have actual interviews with people that were on set and you know it's it's very interesting the chapter of this one is only about 10 pages long which is pretty short compared to most of these chapters and it also wasn't filled with a bunch of horror stories, which a lot of these are. So I kind of had high hopes going into this movie because a lot of the people that worked on it were like, you know what, it's not great, but it's fun. And I was like, that's all I care about is it being a fun movie. Um, I don't know much about the games. I tried playing, I think, Dead or Alive 5 once. There's like a free version. I didn't really like it. Um what I remember is the volleyball game because I was in middle school at the time. And that was like peak video game rumors, something that's not really around anymore, where it was like, oh, man, did you know that there's a nudity code? And if you own this game, you can like get them to be like naked. And you're like, what? This game? So it was always kind of just like this mythology that like you could get this game and see these bikini clad women with less clothing even even less even less Mm. so that was like you know should i buy this game i never did because i don't like volleyball and (laughs) (laughs) that's not why your friends bought the game yeah yeah but um when it comes to the movie itself like uh, there's a there's a portion of the chapters where they do talk about like the problematic nature of um exploiting women and there are there's a lot of se- like sexual exploitation scenes, which it's like it's what the games were kind of about. Like actually, the opening paragraph of this chapter is talking about the history of jiggle physics, which is the physics used to make women's breasts move in video games, huh. and how it has it's transcended. Anime. Yeah, but I mean, when you talk about video games, it has like moved past just like. Like, there's, like, a whole... You have to think about somebody's programming this this game to have, like, you know, the move, and then eventually they made it to where each breast moves individually, so mm-hmm. that was, like, a groundbreaking thing. Did you know that there's jiggle physics in Minecraft? That's right. The boobs in Minecraft move on their own. I kind of hate that. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. You don't think about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't... To me, that's just trying to make the human body more realistic in video games, and there's not a problem with that. Yeah. The name isn't great. Well, well, Dead or Alive or Jiggle, jiggle Physics? Ben. Jiggle Physics. Oh. I, I'm just saying, like, it just it seems like you're just asking for What something. would you have rather called it? Um, 
optimal motion of female anatomy physics. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't mind the sexualization. I don't. Or, okay. I don't mind the sexualization of female characters to an extent, and I don't think that this movie was over the top until the very, it was very over the top at the beginning and a little bit in the middle. The end wasn't as bad. Um, but I, I think that the, it kind of gives itself some, some breathing room because the, the female characters are badass. Yeah, that's that's actually the whole thing is that like never are these women like when they're being sexy, they're also in complete control and dominant. They're never the only even the one time that they're like taken prisoner. It's not like Princess Leia in a metal bikini. Like you don't even mm-hmm. see their whole bodies like they're wrapped up in these tubes like and there's a guy in there, too. Like it's. It's like equal playing ground. And there was only one scene for me that was uncomfortable, and that was the hot tub scene mm-hmm. when Zach was all like, come on, baby, you need to loosen up. And I was like, kick his ass right now. Because you know she can. You know that Absolutely. she's just be like, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to like relax because I got to fight all these other dudes. And then like, but you know that she could just annihilate him. And I was so happy when she got to do that later on. Yeah, I was hoping they'd get paired up, especially after that scene, but he was hitting on her before then. Yeah. I also loved her dad. <laughs> yeah. Her dad was my favorite. Um, I also like when her dad walked in when she was sleeping with... Um, Christine. Christine, yeah. And he was like, is that your new lady friend or whatever? <laughs> and I, I, although it's like complicated in its own, like LGBTQA, it was really funny. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was joking both times that they have that whole like, you know, is she a lesbian thing? But they also, like, never made it, like, a problem. Right. And it also was never, like... Yeah, to me, it seemed like it was just, like, you know, like, if you're, like, a teenager and you have, like, a girl over and your dad is like, oh, sorry about, like, you know, that, that <laughs> like, that was the same, it was the exact yeah. same vibe. There was no, like, because she was a girl, more or yeah. less. Yeah. I could, I mean, not, like, I could just be misinterpreting it differently, but um, that's just what I felt with it. Yeah, it yeah. didn't, I mean, it wasn't like he had a problem with it, and it also wasn't, like... Like, they made that joke twice, but it was only ever with the dad, and it was with nobody. It wasn't like, oh, so, like, you're right. yeah. you're banging chicks, huh? Is that yeah. <laughs> is this how it's going? Like, it never felt weird to me. Uh, yeah. I thought, if anything, it was lighthearted. And then I also feel like um, with any other female characters, it wasn't weird. Yeah. So. They were totally cool. They were just like, yeah, um, I'm in your bed with my nightie on. I'm like, <laughs> deal with it. That was good. Yeah. Nighties. So yeah. that's what all women wear to bed in the 90s. Well, that's what she was wearing. The other one was naked. No, she kicks her out because she, she says, I sleep naked. And then she kicks her out and oh, she's wearing right. clothes. And I was like, well, I mean, right. you're not. Well, she wasn't sleeping yet. True. So Yeah, she she's a shedder. She sheds as the night goes on. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah, she has to pass that. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite fight scene? Oh, man. I don't know. There was a lot of good ones. The I will say the editing of this movie is wild it's like a youtube video with its editing <laughs> even like there are so many fight sequences that are jump cut where it's just like somebody gets punched and then it's just like the same shot but like another punch is happening and you're like it's, <laughs> it's a little too quick yeah yeah um i think honestly my favorite fight is uh donovan and hayate just because like the stunt double for Donovan is doing some crazy sick kicks and I don't know. It was just, it just looked a lot of fun. Um, I also liked at the beginning uh, when um, what's her? Oh, now I forgot her name. Kasumi. 
Is that her name? The princess? Yeah. Yeah. When she does the crouching tiger hidden dragon run over the soldiers. Mm-hmm. That's that cool. Sick too. Yeah. I thought the beginning, I, I, as soon as the beginning started, I realized what kind of movie this was going to be. And it was going to be very like a cheesy fighting movie. Yeah. I was worried for a long time it was going to be based in like wherever, lower country she was living in, you know? I was mm. like, oh, we're going really deep. Um, that was good. And she like threw the samurai sword and like the part where she jumps off of that. Yeah. And like has a, like a, like a, a hang glider in her bag. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was confused because I thought it was like a backstory thing and it was like taking place in like feudal Japan. <laughs> like, and then, cause I was kind of confused like for a second cause I'm like, oh, there's yeah. a person with purple hair there. That's a bit like not historically accurate. Okay. And then, yeah, and then she jumps against the hang glider. I'm like, oh, all right. And then she catches the invitation, like, with her hand. And it's like, yeah. cool. This is cool. Like, no questions asked. And then the yacht scene, I thought was cool. That was a cool fight scene, too. And Yeah, I mean, I think that it sounds like they went into this with as much as they could caring about the fighting more than anything else. Um, and to be honest, the first draft of the script sounds way cooler than what we actually got because the first drafts of the script were like instead of like the the sunglasses it was they were taking the dna from the fighters and they were putting them into hayate and he was going to be the like kind of the big boss at the end and it just sounded a little bit more brutal a little bit more like i don't know it sounded, and there was going to be another character. Her name was Violet, who was going to be like a fourteen-year-old girl who's in this thing, and it was going to be like she's like a French schoolgirl who could kick ass. And it was just like that sounds weird and interesting, and and then um, Fame Douglas, the person that started the the fight, the 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 tournament, they were actually going like he was going to be there. His daughter was going to be like the second command, so she was actually going to be a bad guy, not a good guy. Right. Um, so that, that kind of threw me in this in this cut of it where she's like on their team at the end and you're yeah. like oh cool um, so I don't know there was and oh and then like there was going to be a part where they cloned everybody too and like the ending of that movie was going to be like Fame Douglas clone on a submarine full of clones of all the other fighters and that was going to be like the setup for the sequel that would have been dope yeah, and that sounded really cool too. And then there was like another edit where they changed a few things. And then instead of him having cloned fighters, he was just going to clone the women as sex slaves. And I was like, well, I'm glad that that's not. <laughs> yeah, you could see the potential of that though. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but no, you didn't like the uh, the power up sunglasses. <laughs> oh my god, I just it doesn't make sense. You know, the, my biggest problem with those sunglasses there are a lot of things, but um, <laughs> the biggest thing was like. So the, the, the so obviously when he does that first fight and it's all the weird distorted thing, you're like, okay, this is obviously him. But yeah. I'm like, how do you process that fast enough for you to be able to take that information and be like, be, have that be useful to you when you're actually fighting him? Like, is it being uploaded into his brain? Like the scanning right. fight sequence? Mm. Like, it doesn't make sense at all. And also, it's not plugged into him. He just takes it like it's not uh, hooked well, up to him. Like, Taskmaster task in the newest rendition in uh, Marvel is like that. Or like the helmet she had, you could see previous fighters and like what she should do. Basically, what she should predict is like that. Yeah, but it's like, are you getting that uploaded to you like an instant, like in an instant? Like that's my question. I was very confused. <laughs> well, and the other big part of it too is so he takes the data from those four fighters in the tube, 
and then he uses that to fight Hayate, mm-hmm. but he never got Hayate's data. He got the four. And then whenever he fights Helena, she's like, mm, you didn't uh, download my fighting powers. And it's like, yeah, he didn't do that to Hayate either. And he beat the shit out, out of Hayate. So it doesn't make any sense. No. no. So it just, it, that just falls apart. It's also mm-hmm. just like a weird thing to want anyway. Cause it's it also like, it reminded me of those, like those Google, what was it? The Google, Google glasses? Snapchat glasses? Those Snapchat glasses Snapchat too. Snapchat glasses. Um, yeah, the one the Google, Google glass though? camera. What? Google glass. Those Google glass. Yeah, that yeah. one. And then, yeah, those. They had the Snapchat glass, glasses vending machine in Oklahoma at one point. Ooh. Um, Ravens just came out with their version of it too. With the candle inside. Anyways, that's not important, but they looked exactly the same. That's really. Oh, they they even have like the weird little red dot on the. So it's top. not on the point; they're on the sides. Uh, I kind of think it's okay. This movie is unrealistic because the video games are often unrealistic. Right. Yeah. And I think that that was fine. I I, I never saw a problem with the plot. I thought that the characters were really cool and the way they were designed are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like it's easy to get along for the ride for this movie. Like, yeah. like you said in the beginning, you like you know exactly what kind of movie this is going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, I can turn the, you know, like this isn't going to be like an interstellar or something like that like there's not gonna be a whole lot of like <laughs> like having to think really hard and trying to figure out what's going on and having to try to connect the dots you're like okay this is gonna be a fighting movie okay to yeah. me this movie you can was... have a lot of fun with it yeah this this movie to me was more fun to watch than mortal kombat yeah i i would agree like for several reasons one runtime 87 minutes beautiful it's all i could have hoped for and most of the time is taken up by fighting like it yeah it's a large like or volleyball True, and I, side, I, I was really, like, Ben and I just watched it, and there's that whole montage at the beginning of the tournament, and I was like, how much do they actually film of these little, like, mini fights of, like, um, Gen Fu and everybody? Because if they wouldn't have done, like, such quick cuts and everything, you could have probably had some, like, really long, like, drawn-out fights that would have been really fun. Um, and maybe they knew that it was going to be, like, in the you know, B tier, C tier category of a movie. So that's why they were like cutting so much to keep yeah. that short run time. But there was actually a, a, a lot of the combat that I was like, you know, if you would have just done, and I, I will preach this to the day I die. Like when it comes to martial arts movies, you know, wide shot, you know, long takes are going to be superior to any kind of short, quick fights because people want to see that choreography they want to see people get punched and kicked. This was pretty close. Um, but it wasn't perfect. I did have the thought while watching this, these fights are cooler than Shang-Chi. I did have that thought. There's also a lot of stylized choices that I thought were really cool that kind of elevated this movie to me. Like uh, when Helena is fighting all those swords, me- uh, like swords people on, on the, the steps. Mm-hmm. And there's like the shot where she like brings up the sword and there's like the reflection of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's sick. And her her little sequin glove. Yeah. 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 Um, also the scene when um, Ayuna attacks Kasumi in her hotel room and Kasumi's looking in a, a reflection. Oh, that was cool. And then yeah. Ayuna breaks half of it. So you see half and half of the face. I was like, that is sick. I know it's CGI, which is like, there's a lot of weird CGI in this movie. Yeah, you mean like with like the kimono falling on the sword and stuff? Yes. Or the pedals? Which was still sick. Yeah, it was sick, but I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, like if it, if they would have done it for real. It was like, it was like a Dollar Tree version <laughs> of like actual like Hong Kong movies, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like um, Kung Fu Hustle, anything like that, like something that's really stylized and fun. It was like, you know, 
pretty close, but not perfect. But um, the other thing about the production of these movies usually have like a lot of horror stories. And this one, it seems like the only issue was they did shoot in China. And apparently like this was at a time when like shooting films in China, there wasn't a whole lot of like regulation. So most of the time, these people were ill from food poisoning for like two months. Like even the camera crew people, everybody working on this, constantly sick from food poisoning because they're like shooting in these like in the the countryside of china not like the big cities and stuff so yeah i mean that also kind of takes apart in like film regulation like being able to get food shipped in maybe granola bars and water and bottles versus making them eat food in these small villages which you know i feel like that's not just like china's fault i feel like that's no yeah i mean it's partially just their, yeah, it's the industry's regulation and how things were different 15 years ago. So. Yeah. It's hard to remember that this movie is very, very old. Because honestly, I think people could make this movie now. It's probably still better than Avatar Last Airbender. Oh, God. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's movies that this beats out today. And... Yeah. And I think, honestly, age wise, it doesn't feel that old until you see his weird cell phone remote at the end. <laughs> but there isn't a whole lot of like technology in this that's yeah. like real world technology that you can like. Yeah, they have like little Fitbits. I think I think the biggest yeah, part much. the biggest part was the music it was very telling of like the early two thousands, um, especially whatever music they were having going on in the background of the beach sequence. Like that's just yeah. the, the, yeah. the beat is stuck in my head. And then um, kind of like the the hotel joint like rooms. It was very much like. Because, and this is also me pulling from something else at the time. Did you guys ever watch, like, Zoe 101? Yeah. And, like, the, the way all of the campus looked and stayed, I, I doubt you would have, no. but, um, uh, Jordan, but, uh, yeah, it's like the way that the campus was stylized early 2000s. Like, it had, like, a really weird, it was, like, a modernization of, like, 70s style. And so it kind of had that whole, like, free love feel to it with a lot of, like, loops and colors and stuff. So I was like, I was like okay, yeah, for sure. The free love feel. I felt that way also. I mean, you might not notice because men but I, the women's makeup and stuff was very 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 like late 90s early 2000s and I, I thought it was cute it was fun but like just seeing that i was like thrown back every time i saw like it was it christine the like the spy. australian yeah mm -hmm. yeah spy. every time i saw her um it was called, oh tina but yeah tina tina was uh jamie presley yeah. and that's it another thing that i thought was that kind of went for this movie was like there are a lot of familiar actors. Mm -hmm. uh, none of them like huge, but familiar. Like Jamie Presley, been in quite a few movies. You know, like Joe Dirt. Um, big her big thing is uh, My Name Is Earl. Isn't she in Sharknado? I can't remember. I feel like maybe one of them. I think she's like one of the main characters. Oh no, that's um another blonde girl. Yeah, I forgot her name. Isn't she? She's I think our producer's here. Yeah, um, but uh, the the guy that plays Donovan, I mean, he's very familiar to me just because he plays the gangster in Dark Knight. Um, that that's right. That gets his leg shattered by Batman. Oh, so um, when it comes to the volleyball scene, I know that it's like an homage to the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball game. Which then got a sequel on like Xbox 360. First one was on like original Xbox. And I think that was it was only on that console. So there was, we got to get this out to the world. 
the world needs to see this game. Well, it makes sense because Xbox has always been kind of the dude bro console. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, that's why I moved over to PlayStation Four so I could have my Japanese games. Um, of which this is one of them. Yeah. So, um, there was a third beach volleyball game that was only released in Japan because they started a uh, well, they another breakthrough in gameplay, which was what is it? What year is it? I want to guess. Okay. What year? What year would it come out though? I can tell you what the what the gameplay is. You can tell me what year it came out. Okay, twenty fourteen. Was it VR? No. Okay, go ahead. The the new thing for the Extreme Beach Volleyball 3 is uh, basically destructible clothing. What? Um, the clothing would shift and tear depending on like how the women moved while playing. Like, volleyball's not that intense. No, but there is... Not a- enough to like shatter your bra. No, but it could shift the strap down a little bit, exposing more side boob. I have a question. Okay, I'll Ask do my away. best to answer. I've not played this game, so. Oh, okay. That was the first one. The the second one is, it, can they be completely nude in this game? I don't think so, just because I, at that like magnitude of nudity in a video game, I guarantee you would take it up to an AO rating. Like there's been like there nudity has become a little bit more common within games. Yeah. But it kind of falls within the same stigma of like movies. Like rated R movies, like horror movies can have boobs and stuff, and it's a little bit different than like if a drama has boobs. Mm-hmm. Well, if a game is like topless women jumping up in the air to hit a volleyball and then back to those individual breast physics watching one wiggle one way and the other wiggle the other. Um, I can't imagine that being, uh, not AO, especially if they do like downstairs nudity. Oh boy. I mean, besides all that, doesn't Bayonetta have nudity in it? It's like, kind of, um. That's Nintendo. Well, it didn't start off Nintendo. But it is now. It is now, um, but it's not. Nintendo saw that and they're like, we want to add that to our roster. You know what I mean? I mean, it's we taken them forever to get a like rated M games. Um, sure. But it's like it's not like true nudity. It's like so her with with Bayonetta, her like witch powers come from like her hair or whatever. Like her clothing is her hair. So like whenever you do like magic attacks that have like the hair involved, it removes clothing. But she's always got like. A swath or two that go over the nips and oh. vagine. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, and also it's. They have there's cool. games to this day that are graphic. I've seen yeah. you guys a picture of something not mm-hmm. two days ago. Yeah, I am. Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm pretty sure does. Yes, I think that one's also, but a it's little a bit horror. different. Yeah, well, I think it's more thriller than horror, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. The other thing that was funny, um, there's a, a quote from one of the, the one of the main producers of the movie, and he says that the funniest part about getting the daily reels from the making of this film was the beach volleyball scene, 
because we can't see it. But every time they did like a really high jump to do the spike, they're actually being lifted up by men wearing green screen suits. I want to see that. And they were removed digitally from the scenes. And he said that was hilarious watching these people playing volleyball. And then every now and then a lime green man is picking (laughs) up one of the women to spike the ball. I mean, granted, that scene was like spliced with the whole um, infiltration scene. With like a bunch of fighters. But I mean, so there's a reason for it. But like. That makes sense. Like I like that's actually pretty good that like we never noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it was like solely the volleyball game. You probably would have picked up on it, but I'm like, that's actually pretty, pretty clever. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think that was one of the things. Like this movie, it knows that it's being horny. Like it knows for sure. That it's first pan, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean every pan, every pan, every time they introduced a female on the frame, they started from the ass and then went up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The uh, the actress that played Christy, the the Australian spy, she was very excited about her entrance scene, which is her beating the shit out of those dudes while like just wearing a towel, mm-hmm. and that was pretty awesome. One and two, I have never seen so much side boob <laughs> in a in a PG thirteen movie. Like, I swear, like, and I, I use side boob because it was basically, like, I saw everything, like, every angle of a boob except for from the front. And I was just like, how is this PG-13? And, like... I mean, boobs aren't... Do you think it would be an aerial boob? There, there's there's aerial boob. There was under boob. There was side boob. There was, like, a between boob. Everything but the nipple. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I it was wild. Like, the editors must... Must have had the like the, that was the best job for this. Well, shoot. because here's the thing, and I I don't like that we're talking so much about this that we do. I mean, this is a major part of it. If you think about it, like that the original shot of her catching the bra, like yeah, there's no bra there. It's a CG bra, right? <laughs> like, oh, I you know what I didn't notice that. So like, there's just a shot of her doing this, like sticking her arms up, and then yeah. Oh my gosh, was that C? Like I said, what a fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's I, CG until I think it like lands on her, and then oh, there's okay. like a little cut. Yeah, is that a real gun they threw? Or is it bronze? No, that was CG too. Both of them were. I didn't notice. Yeah. Wow. I know. I thought it was very obvious. I might yeah. not have been looking at it hard enough. Yeah. Oh, true. You're you weren't like us, where that was just all we looked at. <laughs> we were like, no. <laughs> I I like the when... boobs are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I like when I think that it's okay to have women be hypersexualized um, and also be badass. Yeah, I think of course. Fine. And that's all I like Tomb Raider, and she is both those things. And I think that from Triangle to Jiggle Physics, I guess. But yeah, um, I I liked her specifically because she was really cool. And... I liked all of every character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, to be honest, the worst characters were all the dudes, and it wasn't because like they had negative attributes it was just like they just didn't feel like any real character like they were dry except yeah. for weatherby weatherby was a weatherby. He, was a cha- he was a champion of the people i love weatherby it was the the disappointing for me was hayabusa i don't know if you guys are familiar with the ninja gaiden series nope but hayabusa from the fighting game is the same from the ninja gaiden series which is kind of a it's not really proto dark souls but it's like it was infamous for being very difficult hack and slash. Like you are a ninja and you're beating the shit out of demons 
kind of like a Devil May Cry, but harder. And it like gets harder and harder and harder. And one of those games that like makes fun of you for playing on easier difficulties because it's like you're supposed to be playing this on the hardest difficulty. So, and he's like, the images of him in the games are like fully, like ninja outfit, like blacked out, like leather, not leather, but like kind of similar to leather, pleather. I don't know. He's got like a cool <laughs> mask. Did you ever play Halo Three? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Hayabusa I'll armor? Tell you him. I played Halo Three. Did you ever play Halo Three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You remember the Hayabusa armor in uh-huh. Halo 3? Yes. That's Hayabusa from this game. So, like, the way that the, the helmet looks and everything, like, that's what he looks like, just black. Okay. Instead of the navy blue he was wearing in this. And also, he didn't have any masks. Is it made by the same? No. Oh. I mean, it was Microsoft. Microsoft has a lot to do with Ninja Gaiden and DOA and obviously Halo, so... But, when was the last game made? What year? Uh, six, I think just a couple years ago. Okay. Because recently what they've been doing, and I think this is kind of like a, I, I've noticed this with several fighting games where they've become like a free-to-play style where the fighters are like rotated, like the free-to-play ones are rotated, and then it's like you buy the game, you get everybody, but if you just want to play it for free there's like the core fighters that's cool um but five and six are like both on playstation 4 um six was released in march of 2019 yeah oh wow so very recent so they're surviving without the volleyball part i mean there was a big jump because the last one was released in 2012 so Hmm. the one before yeah that are like five it depends on the fighting game but like fighting games don't come out every year it's not a call of duty it's right like it's more like a GTA. Look at look at Tekken. I mean, it's it's different than that, but yeah, I mean, it's got longevity to it, especially now that they've started doing DLC fight like characters. Mm-hmm. But like and skins. Think about like with Mortal Kombat. The first time I'd ever seen DLC characters was Mortal Kombat Nine. Um, that's from 2011, and so that gives it a little bit more longevity itself. But like Tekken, I think has been around since. 2015 Tekken 7 has been around for a long time Street Fighter 5 has been out for five years and they haven't had a new one come out so you know I I guess it just depends on the model um I I want to try to play these games especially I just there's just something about street like Japanese fighting games that are much harder for me yeah because I'm just a mashy scrub so (laughs) yeah well you're you have a different skill set i think you're more of like a grinder than anything else yeah i'm on grinder a lot (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) i don't like games that take a lot of brain power therefore that makes sense yeah yeah i mean i'm like a non-committal grinder because it's like i like i'm a min-maxer but i also at the same time don't want to put in the full effort so it's like as much as i can get like i've been playing red dead online and so I was just like, I really want all this cool stuff, but I don't want to try hard at it. So like sometimes I'll get into little spurts and I'll make enough money to like buy a cool thing. I'll be like, all right, well, I'm going to take a break now and then I'll get the next cool thing later where like other people are like, okay, if I spend this amount of time earning this much money, then I can make, you know, $4 million by the end of 20 out 25 hours mm-hmm. jesus that's a lot of time to just they have like spreadsheets shit. that's no joke and i'm not gonna do that 
Because I want to have fun, too. I don't like getting bored. Playing video games. I've seen people like that grind out games, especially on WoW, for gear or for trying to unlock a certain kind of like uh, species or race. And it is like a different beast. It is, it is that. Uh, it's like a job. And they're not having fun. They're doing it to do it. Doesn't that does not sound fun to me either. Not yeah. even a little bit. Yeah, it just it sucks all the joy out of a video game if you turn it into a job and playing just a grind. Because then you're also like, if you're really good at the game, but then you're just playing very low levels or the same mission over and over again. I'm like, what is the point of that? I felt that playing Cooking Mama yesterday. It felt a little bit like a job, a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, do you ever play Overcooked? I yeah, I do, and that stresses me out. So, I get yelled at that game. I lo- I like Overcooked. People yell at me when I play that game. I like that. I like. I don't know. That's just like, kind of fun. I'm not great at it. <laughs> we should play it. Yeah, I think so. I, we should play it. God, I'll be nice to all of you, I promise. I, I know that's going to go out the window as soon as we're playing. <laughs> He's going to yell. George's going to yell. Why are you, like, why are you <laughs> holding a dish? What are you doing? You're supposed Where's to be the, the lamb sauce? That, that's not true because we'll, if I'm playing with you guys, we're going to have a plan from the get-go. And it'll be like everybody's got their task, and we'll get it's it. It's gonna get thrown out the window as soon as shit starts hitting the fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'll just give you guys the baby task, and I'll just do all the, the heavy lifting. The baby task? No, because then you're turning into that one parent that has to do everything. Yeah. Are I you mean, saying that's what your role is? No, she's saying that's what my role is. Oh, okay. Which I mean, used to it by now. Anyways, <laughs> thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so even with its issues, this movie. A lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun to watch. I think that it was, it felt very video gamey to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, gamey. I just <laughs> think that it was better than Mortal Kombat, and that says a lot because people like the Mortal Kombat games more. Uh, even though people don't like this game as much at the beginning, I think that it had its own value. I didn't mind the sexualization of the female characters. I think that it was fine because they're badass. Um, which I think Mortal Kombat had some weird, unnecessary sexualization to some characters. I don't feel like it had any. Well, it has that weird part at the end when Sonya Blade, like, they make her change clothes for whatever reason, but it's not a sexy outfit. Right. So, I don't know what that was about. Katana's outfit wasn't even as revealing as it gets, like, in the games. The, the, the games kind of where I'm also talking about is, like, oh, I, yeah. I feel like the games, specifically, like, like their stances, even when they're fighting, is kind of weird. Uh, I haven't seen the gameplay as much on this, per se. Yeah, I mean expect it to be to be pretty horny like it's right yeah i mean there's there's value in that in its own way but there i've also heard that like it's decent mechanics in a fighting game like it's fun it's not overly complicated like it's one of those fighting games that should be pretty easy for people to pick up and feel proficient at even if like you're just doing it for fun which kind of makes me want to play maybe the older ones but then again playing older games sometimes is rough when the combat and everything is a little bit slower so i don't know i'm I'm more interested in it now than i've ever been before this was one of those movies where looking at it on paper i wasn't excited for it but it was way more fun than i thought it was going to be yeah um i think that this movie fits into my shitty movie collection pretty well like it's (laughs) it's actually fun to watch I could watch it again, maybe not all the time, but like revisit it, like maybe once, twice, a, not twice a year, but like you know, once. Just for like the year. holidays, yeah, you know, just it's Christmas. a perfect Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Never getting lonely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. If you if you ever get lonely and there's parental controls on the DVD player, <laughs> I was like, we have the internet yeah. for a, a reason. Yeah, um, <laughs> the DVD player. Yeah, 
Do you mean like the VCR? I mean, I have one of those too, but you do. Anyways. Yeah, I have all sorts. That makes of sense. Stuff. Do you think this holds up? What's your what's your movie rating? Yeah, I mean, without knowing how the game actually plays, like I said, I played a little bit of DOA five, um, enough to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, also, I didn't have any of the characters that I wanted to play, like that I saw and was like, this person looks interesting enough to play as. Maybe if I found a character that I was into, um, I'd be more interested in playing the game. But as a whole, it has made me interested in what more of what this world could be. I don't know if there's any sequels or not yet. I'll, I'll have to do some more investigating to see if this did. But I, I want to see more. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was cut a little bit weird certain times, but nothing I can't get past. I've gotten past way worse. I think this movie for myself is a pass. It, it works. Okay. Especially for what the what it's about. Like it it its goal was to be a fun video game based movie and it achieves that goal. Yeah, if you're looking at it at face value, I think it totally passes. It doesn't pass as a movie, but it passes as a video game movie and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, what do you think? You know, I think this is arguably one of my favorite movies that we've watched. Oh wow. Like because like it's it's a fun movie to watch. Like it's so over the top it like it's so stylized in its own sense. It knows what it is. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It gives you exactly what you want, which is kick ass fighting sequences, if even if they're janky, but they're still fun janky. Like it's just like dripping with that early two thousands, we can do whatever the fuck we want kind of action movie vibe to it. And like those are fun to watch, like for what they are. Like it's just it's just part of that thing. And so it's just really enjoyable to watch. Like, I don't know much about the series. It's like the video games and stuff like that. But I mean, it, like, I, if somebody told me this was based on a fighting game, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it clearly, like, they're like, and they even did some stylized sequences. Like, like the final boss fight, quote unquote, when he's fighting, what's the name of the brother? Hayate? Yeah. So they, they, they point that up to act like they're like just like round one type thing. They like posed them up and they did that. And then they did that a couple other times too with like a rain fight. I remember it was very video gamey. They also had, um, uh, like, the cameras that Weatherby was like monitoring. Yeah. They had little like health bars and stuff. Yeah. Above. Like, like it felt like, like you said, this felt more like a, like video game fighting movie than the original Mortal Kombat did. Yeah. The only difference is Mortal Kombat has really recognizable characters and setting and story. So like you like that one makes sense. But like this one, like it just, if somebody didn't tell you, you can still probably pick up what it was. So I think it works really well being a video game movie adaption. So yeah, I think it's, Arguably, the paces it's... are two completely different paces too. Like Mortal Kombat's yeah. was very much like focusing on the lore mm -hmm. of the story yeah, it's more than anything plot. else. Yeah. And this was just like like one of the, the parts that I loved was okay, after they parachute out of the airplane mm -hmm. and then our three main women are like on the beach and then they see the tower that they need to get to and they're like, I guess we're a little off course and then immediately cuts to them walking into it to climb the thing and it's like yeah, I didn't need, like, even, like, a 10-second thing of them walking the beach. Like, I understand, yeah. like, they're going to go there. Mm -hmm. So them cutting straight to that was perfect fat cut to me. I was just yeah, like, this movie, like, uses its time wisely. Like, it yeah, was very, like... Surpri surprisingly so. Like, it yeah. just, it, like, it didn't, like, really drag at all. Like, if you don't like the volleyball sequence, like, I get that. But, um, like, it made sense for what they were doing, and it wasn't a super overly long thing, and they were cutting it with that. So it fit well. Like, it wasn't... 
like I, no, I, there was one part I remember because me and Jordan made fun of it where the Weatherby is sitting on the steps with like the guy's daughter and they're just talking and he's just like yeah I think I like you and then Jordan just goes skip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like, that was the only part like some of like the, the yeah. like the romantic stuff was just kind of whatever this movie felt but, very much like someone drew an initial storyboard like where you draw out each scene like starting point mm-hmm. and they just did that. Yeah. There was yeah. there was no between. They just said that we're going from here to here, and that's like that. They're there, and that's that's perfect for me. Yeah, and I think that I although Mortal Kombat's historical in the gaming community, and I think Mortal Kombat has a lot of value. I don't care. I know all the lore. I care not to know all the lore. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I get that. And then then they added time travel, and there's just so much. And I just I just feel like my brain didn't hurt watching this, and that's all that matters to me. I thought that was very interesting how they did the characters too, because there's a lot of the game characters like this movie has all the characters from the first game in it, mm-hmm. but not all of them are the main focus. Like, uh, Jin Fu and I forgot the woman he was fighting, but there's like, they're in that initial montage of right. quick fights and like they're in the game and, uh, Bayman is in the game. Like, and you get to know their names and who they are very quickly and that also they're not important to what this movie is trying to do, which is push these three women to fight everybody and kick right. ass. So. I think the way they introduced them was at the very initial beginning was good. You know, you get to see why they're all invited. And I think that when they're talking, um, the traveling there, you, you know, Tina's dad is like that. Yeah. It wasn't like, this is my dad. And he is the, yeah. also a fighter. It was, you heard him talking on the phone with him. She calls him dad once and there wasn't a whole lot to go after that. It was mm-hmm. like, that is how it is. And then a lot. For me, saving time, that's why this movie's so short. I thought it was good. Yeah. And even, and like, like nothing felt too, like the only, I think the only other subplot that was honestly really bad, like joking, I said about the relationship stuff was like the brother-sister thing. Like, cause I did not give two shits about that at all. But they <laughs> needed that so that way they can have the people sneaking around trying to uncover what this dude's doing. So I understand why it was that, but I was like, I don't give two shits about this. Well, also motivation. the purple-haired chick. Say what? The purple-haired chick, what's her name? Oh yeah, that was dumb. They didn't even explain why. Well, that, that's actually part of the story in the game. Like, okay, that makes sense. I, I saw her character was in the game. I saw the purple. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, they didn't I'm, explain. Like they didn't explain at all why the fuck. Which I get it. Like because well, we talked. Sh- I'm sorry. It, yeah, it's part of the clan like yeah. thing. Like if you leave, there's a lot of plot holes. Like there, this yeah, movie sure. is not without plot holes, <laughs> and the fact that I can just skip over them easily and not care is such a weight off my shoulders because yeah. normally I would pick the shit out of this because like my first question was. Okay, well, if these two people leave and become shinobi, how are you sending somebody else after them to fight them? Because then wouldn't them leaving be a shinobi? Or is it just the fact that they're not doing the wishes of the clan? Too much. Which, mm-hmm. if that's the case, and that makes more sense, and they probably should have said that more like, hey, if you if you go this direction and go against the clan, that's why I'm going to kill you. That would make more sense than if you leave. Because yeah. she has to leave to... to but then she's still part of the clan. Right. It's not like a Wonder Woman thing. It's more like a... Yeah. Thing. It's just, you know, disobeying the, the family. It's a, it's a mafia thing. I don't know. Um, you had reviews for us. I do have some reviews. Um, like I said, the reviews for this movie were not great, <laughs> to say the least. True. Um, so this first one, I have a couple short ones and there are a couple long ones. Um, these critics are just people. So there's some critics and there's some just user reviews. Okay. Because the critics are very like highbrow, uses a lot of big fancy words because you know critics think that they're right. really self-important. Um, so this one uh, just says so cringy, so 
aimed at horny 13-year-olds who are so devoid of any well-shot or active moment, I just grew more and more fed up. Not even good to watch for a laugh or a wank. <laughs> uh, disagree on every account. I laughed, uh, I wanked, I cried. It was... Personal experience. Ben was there. Yeah. I figured it was a joint thing. Yeah. Uh, this one is kind of insulting to us, and this is a top critic on the website. It just says, let's hope some special form of punishment awaits the man or woman who came up with the idea of basing movies on video games. I actually, so there was a couple, so we watched this on Vudu, and there's like a whole thing of, of reviews on the side. I saw that one, and I pulled that one myself. I was like, I took a picture of it, and I was it's like, this so one's cool. this is funny. I have to, so. That's one uh, of another one is uh, there's enough masturbation fodder here to keep any 11 year old kids who haven't yet have, who haven't had yet to find Teddy's porn stash very happy. <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with that comment in particular, but anyways, carry on. So what? There's a lot of stuff wrong with oh, that yeah, comment. The fact that it was 11, like not 13. And... Well, yeah, I don't like the word daddy, but um, that's just me. Um, DOA might as well stand for dead on arrival. I said that, so that's not original. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so that's from that website. There's a lot of other ones, but I I, I pulled one other one. Okay, go for it. Um, it's from it's a big one from Newsday. I don't know what that publication is. It's but, not, but go ahead. But uh, there's is DOA dead or alive aspires to be nothing more than a sanctuary from thinking, and I was like, how is that a negative review? That I sounds, love that. That's like. What I want from a movie most of the time That's is me, like, like subscribing immediately to whatever that is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like I just want to watch something while I eat. Uh, this is perfect. That's the best feeling when you got something you don't care about on the TV and you're just eating your fries and you're like, yes. Yeah. And you're like, I can take this. Early. The other night I watched like the first half of The Mummy from 1999. <laughs> and I was like, I've seen it so many times that like I know all the lines. So like while I ate my food, I did it. I, I watched the film and then. When I finished eating, I was like, well, I can go do other things now because I don't need to sit through the rest of this movie. Yeah, I could see myself eating like like Chick-fil-A to this movie, you know? Yeah. Or I think this would be a, a very fun movie to watch with friends and drink. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, cool. like I would watch this again. Like we, we should make Tyler, whenever he gets done playing volleyball, we should make him watch this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll make a drinking game of it. Only if sure. he wins, it's a reward. Say what? Yeah, only if he wins because it's going to be a reward. <laughs> Man. I like how Tyler's um, our son, who we lose constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, uh, what? Uh, uh, oh God, I forgot what it was called. Rain. Uh, heavy rain. There it is. It's just like heavy rain. The beginning of it. It's just press X to Jason. Jason. <laughs> Did you ever play Heavy Rain? Mm, mm, I've seen people play it. I haven't played it myself because I don't Jason. play it. Jason. Okay, so I'm not going to read everything that this review says, but he I, spends... I can see it, and it's so this quite is, a page. I'll show it to you guys really quickly. Like, that's the review. Wow. That's, one, that's just one. They're all like this, but this guy... So it. that big-ass paragraph that you just saw, mm -hmm. um, that's just complaining about um, the CIA sequence. <laughs> really? <laughs> How can you complain about it? It was beautiful and perfect. I don't know. Oh, man. You know, what what did he talk... say? Give me a line. He's just... Hold on. Where the fuck? He's... um. Um, there's no way that the CIA would check um your complaint based upon their .gov website or something like that. Oh my God, that was okay. Before you get into that, the other thing that Ben and I laughed at quite a bit was when Weatherby calls in for reinforcements, aka the U.S. government. 
He types into a made-up search bar, <laughs> www.cia-gov.org. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's not a website. Uh, well, you know, they're not going to plug the government. No, but that's just not how a government <laughs> a government website is always .gov, right. for one. Yeah. And two, all he did was search the website. So he, like... What he's saying is by him searching for that oh. link, he made contact with the CIA. Maybe they were looking for him. I don't know. They were tracing his... Well, how did the internet work in 2005? You knew. I don't know. But... Yeah. It works the same way. It's it's never really been that different. Really? Because I don't have to type in a full website anymore. Google and Apple just kind of know what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's on his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah no, that we we rewinded that to just see um, what exactly. You <laughs> that was that was the second time we rewound a scene. Oh yeah, there's a dick in the movie. What'd you say? There's Are you talking about when he jumps out of the pool? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Hot, yeah. So it's not so it's not so we were trying to make sure because we saw him. We're like, what the fuck? Make did not just do that. So we went and we looked, and basically they just basically just got like a video editor and just smeared it. But the way that they smeared it still makes it look like a dick. It, it, I did see that. Yeah, it does. It looks like a waggling dick. <laughs> Yeah, and so I was like, "Wait, is this PG thirteen because it's not showing female nudity, but it does show a dick? Because if so, yeah. fucking rock on! Because there needs to be more <laughs> dicks in movies. There are not enough dicks. I don't think movies. I can have a movie that does have. I can tell you a few. A few. <laughs> okay. I think it's important to hang dong in film. Okay, let's talk about this real quick. Okay. I okay. think that the male anatomy is more normalized and the way that it's drawn all over things in your schooling it's drawn all over books and people just yeah. like, like that weird little s thing you guys used to draw in middle school or whatever what is that thing yeah the yeah the 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 s from the 90s i know what you're talking about yeah yeah but i also think that people consider it more vulgar than breasts right when and... there's no like breasts are used for like babies like right. sustaining life whereas the other is not well, I, it's it's all part of. It's vulgar for a man to show his dick because jail, it's just for any reason. But for women, it's both like life, but then also mostly sexualization. And so it's like, well, you know, we need to really like show her vulnerability. So let's yeah. have her naked in this or whatever. Because it's like the female, like it's the beauty of the female form type stuff. But with with dudes hardly ever like it really is the vulnerability like true vulnerability like the last time i saw i was watching hateful eight and it was mm -hmm. this whole part where samuel jackson's character is like talking about how he took this um confederate general's son out into the wilderness and had him stripped naked and walking through the snow and so it's like his like vulnerability and how he like emasculated him and so like that's why a lot of reasons why i think they should hang dong more is it's like why not just fucking like let's equals you know equal both sides i want to if this if i'm going to see naked women i want to see naked dudes and half the time when you see naked dudes it's old men which is grosser and weirder to me because it's like i i don't want to see like i don't care about that i want to see young dudes naked that sounds weird <laughs> i want to see men in their prime naked <laughs> the same way that I want to, you know, women. It's yeah. It's just... you have to, you'd have to have a really tough rating system 
And you'd have to make sure that kids were, could not, like you, they couldn't, I feel like they couldn't sell that on DVD. I think it'd be really. It's called parents. There doesn't need to be a rating system. It needs to be parents. Yeah. Parents need to fucking know what they're doing. That's a different argument. I'm just saying, I think that it's less harmful for some reason, I guess in our generation, for kids to see what they've seen their whole lives, boobies, versus a little girl seeing a male anatomy when they're not taught anything or, you know what I mean? Like It's because, yeah, because they're not taught about it and they're not taught about. Yeah. Well, and then there's, 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 well, there used to be, not anymore, there used to be schooling for that, but. Yeah. I mean, they're not getting political here, but. But I, I get you. I mean, like, in Europe, people are naked all the time. And, like, I, when I was in Italy, I saw commercials for orange juice, commercials for orange <laughs> juice that had naked people in them. Because it was <laughs> naked oranges, naked people. And I was like, this is wild. <laughs> and so, like, it's just because, like, over there, it's just like. You know, like being naked doesn't mean sex. It just means you're naked. Like sexual stuff means sex, but but over here it's just like, well, I see boobs and dick, so that means sex. That doesn't mean that. That's based on religion. Anyways, my religion is DOA from now on. <laughs> what is that going to consist of? You think? Not any more than I do now, which is jiggle physics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's devoted his life. The jiggle physics. No, well, that's all we have for today. If you have any questions or comments, um, no complaints allowed, hit us up on our social media at FMV Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to join us at Rodeo Cinema every month for our free cozy watch parties. Those who attend get to vote on the next month's event. You can get notifications by following us or Rodeo Cinema on all your social medias that Ashley just mentioned. And if you haven't already, be sure to follow, subscribe, rate, you know, make contact. Check out our website that we have now. It's fancy. And if you'd like to hear me talk more about the male genitalia, you can head (laughs) on over to Black Cat Horror, where we uh, talk about horror films. It's Dylan Eubanks, our friend of the show. Friend. Yeah, he was from the Doom episode. We like to talk about horror movies. Most recently, we did uh, Bone Tomahawk, which came out the same year as Hateful Eight. Also, Kurt Russell as a cowboy. And there's also Dong Hung in that film. Nice. It's a very good, very fun movie. Ben, what are we talking about next week? Or next month? What are we doing? We never know. I don't know. We don't know? We don't know. Okay, well then. But the, the, the big brass upstairs doesn't ever tell us anything. That's true. Unless my tower's gone. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. He's on a yacht somewhere. Goodbye. Play the volleyball game. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.